Well, hey everyone, here we are for another podcast on Project Redemption from the Christian Product Expo here in Lexington, Kentucky, which is why you see behind my guest, Jill Rigby Garner. We are in horse country here in Lexington. So we are excited to just bring the podcast from some of our authors who are here with us at the Christian Product Expo. Jill Rigby Garner wrote the book, Raising Respectful Children in a Disrespectful World. And boy, if that is not a huge need. So first of all, welcome to the podcast today, Jill. Thank you, Athena. Glad to be here. I want to just ask you, because I love it when those who listen, those who watch actually can get a sneak peek into how God has worked in your life. Mm. So how did God redeem you and just mm. drawn to himself? Well, um, and uh, from really from birth, <laughs> it actually began in my mother's life. Uh, but um, my, uh, I'm actually from my mother's first marriage and um, she was married to a man who did not want to have children. And when it came about that she was to have a child, um, he left home. He left and said, I thought I made it clear and that child turned out to be me and um, so little time passed and uh, mother um, had met a very sweet man Um, she was working at the diner in our little small hometown and he would come in for breakfast on his way to work because his wife had passed away and had uh, left behind a six-year-old son and twin two-year-old daughters so he had his hands full and so uh, the children moved in with grandparents and he, you know, would take care of take care of everyone. He actually had the junkyard downtown. It's quite a story for another day. And so um, he would, um, and so he would come in the diner and that's where he met my mother. And so time passed and don't you know, they fell in love and mother married Lamar and who's the man that I came to know was daddy. And then together they had my little sister. Now this was in the 50s uh, in Vicksburg, Mississippi, small town, and what what a strange anomaly <laughs> we were. Very strange, odd group here. Uh, you didn't have that his, mine, and ours, all that stuff at that time of life. Right. So that in itself was a very strange, um, just a strange dynamic um, to grow up in. And as time passed a bit, um, it was really began to bother Daddy that I didn't bear his name because the other four children all had his last name, right? Mm, right. But I didn't. And it, it really bothered him to the point that he decided it was time to do something about it. And as they um, reached out to my natural father and began this process, it just, there became some nightmare situations within it. It's too much to go in here today. Daddy, after some time and everybody else trying to tell it, Daddy made a decision, I'm gonna take care of this. And he went to great lengths to give me his name. And it wasn't because he had to, right? Right. He didn't have to do that. Right. But it was because he wanted to do that. Mm. Because he loved me so deeply. And what an amazing picture um, that gave me of God's love for us. Yeah. And how much he loves us and the depth to which he will go to give us his name and to make us his own. Mm. So uh, one Sunday night, I had already been, I grew up in a little Baptist church, and one Sunday night when I was seven years old, 
I had been thinking about. I had talked to my pastor and asked him some questions, and he had asked me a lot of questions about what I understand about Jesus because I was asking all the right questions. And he told me, you'll know, Jill. You'll know when God calls you. And one Sunday night, it, it, there it was, and I was this little girl, and I'm clenching the pew, <laughs> and I'm holding on to the pew, and the church is singing just as I am. I, tr- I promise that is true. And, they were singing, <laughs> and my little Baptist church singing just, and finally, I looked, mother saw that I was moving, and she nodded her head like, if it's time, it's time. And I went, it's time. And I stepped into the aisle. And when I stepped into the aisle, my pastor, who remained my pastor until just a few years ago, believe it or not, wow. my whole life he's been, I've had other ministers, but he's always been my pastor and until he left for heaven. But I stepped into the aisle and he saw me and he held his arms out like this. Yeah. And I ran down the aisle and I jumped in his arms and I said, I want Jesus in my heart. <laughs> oh. And this little seven-year-old girl, and he said, guess what? He just came in. Mm. Gave me a huge hug. And that was, it took. And that was really, that was the beginning. And um, the beginning of truly redeeming, you know, all that my little life, <laughs> the way my life had begun. Yeah, right? without rejection mm-hmm. yes. from your biological dad yes. I mean that yes. was painful yes yes wow. and to find that this man my daddy <laughs> showed me my real daddy yeah he showed me my heavenly daddy yeah and um, modeled that, it well oh goodness he modeled it so well and he wasn't necessarily an easy man he could be difficult to others but to me I just saw this big grizzly bear of a man he just had a teddy bear's heart mm. in, in my eyes and then um, when I was 18, he passed on to heaven. Mm-hmm. When I was 18, um, I have missed him ever since. You know, I don't even have words to describe what he did, what he did for my soul. He, he yeah. the way that he showed me truly, and I really say the face of God even more than the face of Jesus. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He really showed the me father. the yeah. Father, the, the Father, and the love of God. Mm. So tell us then. We all have. Romans 8:28 stories that mm-hmm. just show God's restoration and how he works good out of bad. Mm-hmm. Give us a little insight into how God has worked that in your life. So I uh, fell in love when I was 18 with my, my college sweetheart. We married right after college. And he was um, aspiring for uh, you know, medical school and you know, the whole kit and caboodle. So we walked through it all together. Truly, I thought the love of my life. Along the way, we were blessed with identical twin sons that are, to this day are the love of my life now. Truly, we were, I just felt so blessed to have those twin little boys, and I loved every minute of when they were little. And as time went on, my husband grew more and more uh, discontented with fatherhood, marriage, life, you know, all of it probably not going to be surprised at what I'm getting ready to say. And so the first week of sixth grade, two 12-year-old boys entering sixth grade, and he made the decision to leave home. Mm-hmm. It absolutely, it just, it took my life away. I really believe when he walked out the door that my life walked out the door. It's, right. It's how it felt to me. I don't believe in divorce. I believe forever after, and no matter what, God can fix it. No matter what, God has an answer. I learned hard lesson in that time that we cannot change someone else's heart. Right, right. <laughs> we can't do it, right? We can't do it. Uh, it really became my my time of testing from that faith that had been so strong from the time I'd been seven 
had been so strong and um, just kind of unrelenting. Now, I never went through a time of questioning or doubting in college or, you know, I never went through that until now, mm. until this point. And another great lesson I learned other than we can't change someone else's heart, I learned that I had been guilty of an atrocious sin in my marriage. And that had been idolatry. It's a grievous sin. It's kind of up there with the kind of first commandment, isn't it? It's kind of mm -hmm. the, the height of it, right? And I broke it because I truly, I call it throne confusion. I truly had throne confusion because I had put my husband on the throne of my heart. Right. Rather than the Lord. And at some point in time, some way or another, since apparently we couldn't do it the easy way, where Jill just wakes up and gets this right, you know, I have to accept. I mean, God knew. <laughs> yep. and, you he know, wasn't surprised. No, he wasn't surprised at all. And um, he was going to have to get that straight. It was mm. going to have to be straightened out. I was his child. Yeah. And yet I had replaced him on the throne of my heart. And so, so for two years, I kind of sat in it. And the Lord was so gracious with my sons because he gave us a beautiful prayer to pray for their dad every morning. Mm. He prayed every morning, you know, Lord, we love the we love the sinner, and Lord, you know, give us more love, more love. Help us to show more love. And it gave my boys somewhere to hate the sin, but they could love the sinner. Right. They can hate the sin because you're supposed to. Right. It's sin. Decisions that were made were sinful. Kept them in a good place. Mm. Kept that that um, pain and disappointment, and hurt from turning into something. The that, bitterness and unforgiveness. Yeah, that and, Satan could use, right? Yep. yep. So it, it kept us, it kept their hearts protected, and um, and so during that time, uh, during those two years, I was doing a lot of. Uh, I was still teaching Bible studies. I was on the worship team, and I was doing all these things at my church, immersed in all that, and I would go do what I had to do, get the boys to hand it, and I'd come home and get back in the corner. As a little corner in my bedroom where I just kind of lived. I had a lamp and a little table, and I just lived in that corner. And I would get back in the Word and study and pray and beg the Lord to show me what I'm supposed to do with my life. What am I supposed to do, you know, out of this? After some time, really two years, I had been an interior designer with my college degree and my background, and I had stepped back into that and said, Well, thank you, Lord, you've given me a profession. I can step back in. It was a horrible, miserable failure for many reasons. But anyway, he just made it really clear, no, that's not where I, I want you to be. And I said, well, if that's not it, what is it meant to be? I finally got really angry with God one night. I found out he's a big man and he could handle it. Yep. But I told him, I said, you know what, Lord, I'm done with you. I stuck my tongue out at him. And I said, I'm not talking to you anymore. I've talked to you since I was seven years old. And now I need to know what I'm supposed to do with my life. I'll do whatever you ask me to do. I'm ready. Tell me what it is. And you're not talking to me. So I'm not talking to you anymore. And I slept good that night and got up the next morning and went, good, nope, I am not talking to you. I'm done. And so that afternoon, I ran in the grocery store on the way to pick up the boys, and there was a Family Circle magazine. And it said, manners, where have they gone? And I went, I got the answer to that problem. I've been teaching this at my son's school all these years. I got the answer for this. And I went, no way, but everybody's asking me to do that. Wait a minute, and I've been teaching character lessons, and I've been teaching what I had come to call heart education, the education of the heart, and wait a minute, the school's really, oh, oh my gosh, this 
is it? And I'm still standing in the grocery store line as I have this epiphany. And the little elderly lady in front of me said, Sugar, are you all right? And I said, yes, God just wrote it down and put it in my hands. What I'm going to do with my life, do you see? Anyway, and I have not looked back since. Mm. And that was 1999. So from out of that, Manners of the Heart was born. Wow. So <laughs> out of a very difficult loss, God redirected your life. Yeah. Had you start something that is so needed. So mm -hmm. at what point did you actually write mm -hmm. the first version of okay. Raising Respectful Children? Okay. So in 99, I spent about a year and a half um, working on the school curriculum first. Went back to schools, talked to teachers, just, you know, I mean, I, my mother always said I had a one-track mind and it was good if it was on the right track. <laughs> but uh, this is, that's how I am. And so I got on this one track and said, all right, I have no idea how to write a school curriculum. I'm not an educator. And in truth, I'm an artsy, creative, of kind of out the wazoo, creative nut. But anyway, uh, so I did all my research, put it all together, and uh, took it to the NEA conference, which happened to be in New Orleans down the road uh, that year, of course, as God would have it. And so introduced it, and suddenly we walked away with 102 orders from little schools around the country. And I came back, and I was so disappointed. I said, gosh, there were thousands of people here. Gosh, oh well, this, and, and then of course, quickly, people who know better said, Jill, this is unbelievable. You, you've got something. God is showing you, this is it. So from that, um, I had to found, you know, the organization, Manners of the Heart, to get behind it. So I founded the organization in 2002, is when it, I, I did all the paperwork and, you know, formed the, it's a 501c3, 501 okay. nonprofit organization and uh, founded that and then I started and so schools started using it and we you know here we go we're off to the races as they say and then as schools started implementing it and really um, using it with fidelity in their schools I started getting phone calls so Jill we've got to have something for our parents you know it's you know the kids are coming to school with us to us not ready and not prepared and their hearts are not ready and they don't have the right heart attributes and you know, the parents need to hear this. Do you have anything? My answer was always, let me work on that and give me a little bit of time and I'll get back to you. And then I'd go to prayer. So, Lord, is this what we're supposed to do? Are you telling tell me this is the next step? And so then I said, all right, well, let me put together a workshop for parents. And, um, and that's when the Lord gave me this title, Raising Respectful Children in a Disrespectful World. The curriculum itself, um, the found, two foundational principles of the curriculum, the first foundational principle is that the content of the heart, whether it's good, whether it's bad, or whether it's even ugly, uh, determines what a child will think, what a child will say, and what a child will do. Mm. And right out of scripture, right? Mm -hmm. Content of the heart. And so that's one of our foundational principles. That's why we call it heart education. The content of the heart, all right? That makes sense. This is what I've got to teach the parents. So how do you work on and do your heart work? We call it at home, right? in the hearts of children and the way it's all framed out is that we directly combat self-esteem and we replace it with self-respect throughout the whole curriculum. It's an other-centered approach. We teach children how to look for how they're going to serve others, how to respect others, how to esteem others, not right. themselves. Right. And in that process of being outward focused and esteeming others, they gain respect for themselves, not esteem, right? So God gave me that title and uh, raising respectful children in a disrespectful world. So I started 
doing uh, parent workshops on that. And, um, and actually, it's fun to say that Asa came along at that moment, and I was doing so much speaking around the country and kind of found me through my speaking and the, at the very beginning of that organization. And I came into that organization. And then after a couple of years, they were, there was a writer's conference in uh, Mount Hermon, writer's conference. Okay. And, at the, and they all, the girls were saying, Jill, come out here, come out here, come out here, take a break, come out here. And I said, well, y'all, I'm not a writer. I write curric school curriculum. I don't write like books. I write a school curriculum. And they said, no, come, come, just hang out. There's a, a track in the afternoon you could do for speakers and just come hang out. And so I did. And lo and behold, Friday night, when they call uh, like the book that they feel that they discovered and the acquisition editors have listened to all the, what's going on the bus and I had nothing except my speaker sheet. Um, they called me to the, to the stage that night and said, so Jill, tell us your most popular speaking topic. I said, oh, raising respectful children in a disrespectful world. And there was this whoosh across the room and I said, yeah, that's my, that's it. And he said, we want to tell you that has to become a book. And of course, I said, oh, thank you so much, but I'm not a writer. <laughs> right. I'm a speaker, not a writer. <laughs> In front of all the acquisitions editors of all the publishing houses. And um, even Marie was there and put her head down on the table instantly. Oh, yeah, I can't believe she said that. Uh, and I said, thank you so much. You know, And so as we say again, but here it is. And so it was very, I mean, how could it be more clear if the Lord was saying, yes, Jill, I intended this to be a book. Mm. And so, um, alrighty, well, you're going to have to teach me how to write a book. You know, started it. It was no coincidence either that um, my very best friend in the world is the um, an English professor at LSU. <laughs> and so I said, gee, I have to write a book. Can you teach me? How do you do this? And so she helped me kind of pull it together. Anyway, and then... They threw it out there, and oh my goodness, it was just, everybody wanted it very quickly. So Simon & Schuster was the first publisher, uh -huh. and then and mm -hmm. it sold like mm -hmm. 100,000 copies yeah. through them, Yeah, and then it went, it did a second edition. Yeah, second edition, and now we've just recently, this is the third yes. edition. <laughs> we've now done the third edition, because it was time, sadly, because of how much the world has changed. Yeah. And, um, and I, same I'll, issue, yeah. but just different. You got social media. You've right. got all these right. dynamics. Um, the culture has changed so much. Yeah, so many cultural issues that needed to be addressed, and how we're still going to raise respectful children. Mm. And that disrespectful world, is, as we were talking earlier, is taking on a whole new connotation oh, yeah. of what that means in today's world. But I still say it can still be done. Absolutely. It absolutely can still be done. Yeah. It, when parents accept that they've been given a sacred honor from the Lord to be a parent, uh, then they accept that responsibility of having a holy duty mm. to raise their children. And when they look at parenting in that way as training and as discipline and as raising up a generation of strong hearts, um, it can still be done, mm. even in the world we live in today. <laughs> wow. So raising respectful children in a disrespectful world must read for every parent who understands that's their calling to really make sure their children are going to be launch well into the world. If you can't be respectful, you are going to crash and burn as, as a 
young right. adults and right so if we have people that have listened today watched mm -hmm. us on youtube they want to get a hold of you they want to know more about your the ministry mm -hmm. as well as the book mm -hmm. what's the best way for mm -hmm. them to do that uh, they can do it uh, through two avenues. One is mannersoftheheart.org is our website. Um, very easy to find. And the second website we have is Jill Garner Content. Jill Garner Content. And so that tells a lot of the story behind the story uh, okay. for women. Uh, and as well as all the parenting uh, books and materials that we have too. And there's a lot of uh, good resources there. Some extra pieces uh, that are very helpful. And the study guide for the book uh, can be found at the, uh, on the website on jillgarnercontent.org is where we have the study guide because we've always through the years we've always had a lot of church groups that have used the book you know as a parent study book right and um, and so we have a really um, pretty intense um, study guide that's available at the Jill Garner Content. Perfect. Y'all this is a must read for parents today. So, Jill, thank you so much for being thank with you. us on the podcast uh, thank you, in the middle you know. <laughs> of a busy conference. So, yeah. people have been, if they could only see all the busyness that's been going on around us. <laughs> it's been crazy. So, thank you. It's been delightful. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. And so, we'll see you back here next week with another interview from the Christian Product Expo. Bye for now. Hey there. Thank you for listening. We invite you to submit your own manuscript to our team of industry experts for a free manuscript review. All you have to do is go to redemption-press.com, click on Submit Manuscript, or schedule a call with someone from our acquisitions department. We look forward to hearing from you.